Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is Trish, a singer and songwriter from Toronto. She just released a collection of music, we're Birthday Boy, titled a Joseph EP, and it's out right now wherever you get your music. And if you follow the Come Up Show podcast, you may have heard of our interview with Birthday Boy. If you haven't, go check it out right now. But I was curious of who Trish was, and we find out in this interview. I feel like I've discovered a gem of an artist, and I'm, I'm excited to share with you her story. The story of ups and downs, inspiration, and the importance of diversification, and so much more. Trish on the Come Up Show podcast, let's go! Please introduce yourself. My name is Trish. Welcome to the Come Up Show, Trish. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm yeah. really excited. Very happy to be here. I'm happy to have you as well, too. You have some new music out. Yeah, I do. Tell, tell us about it. All right. Um, new EP. It's called Joseph, produced by Birthday Boy. Mm. Uh, we recently re- uh, released it. It's, we've been getting a good response. So excited. Finally, it's out. It's out. And here we are talking about it. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, first, tell me a little bit about like what are, how does it sound uh, of the yeah. project? Yeah. Uh, it's got that, it's a fusion of like funk, RB, pop. Um, mainly, it's that, that pop. It's got that pop sound. Um, soulful um, lyrics. It's about love. You know, and motivation and just all kinds of love, not just that one love, but that love you get from like friends and family and just the support mm. system mm. around you. Um, it's a pretty good, good vibe. And we're definitely going to get into what the project is about. Uh, the reason I asked you what, how does it sound like is because uh, I think uh, you just de- described it. Uh, who is responding and from where? Because I find like uh, sometimes Canada is slow to certain sounds. Europe might be really hot or <laughs> or Croatia or like all these different sounds. So tell me about that a little bit. Right now, America is very receptive to it. They've been the first to really show their their support and love 
and Canada's slowly coming into the support field. Um, quite a few of our um, major blogs posted about it um, and wrote them. You know, wrote up, did a little write up on on the piece, and mm-hmm. I'm great. We're grateful. Excuse me, um, but yeah, it's been so far America and Europe that's been really receptive of, the, of this project. And mm-hmm. slowly but surely, Canada's coming into yes. it. Yes, so it's nice. <laughs> Usually, Canada Canada follows through when America's big in the sub. But that's unfortunately, but that's, that's slow. That's kind of changing a little bit, and we'll talk about that. All right. Uh, and it's out. It's on vinyl too. It is. What is that like? My God. Have you seen it? Like, have uh, you seen, yeah, yeah, I have my own copy. Um, yeah. It's a dream come true, you know? I lived in the era where the vinyl was kind of obsolete and, you know, CDs came into play and it's like, no more tape decks. Um, so it's nice to have that retro, be a part of that 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 um, that time of when the vinyls was hot and the DJs were, were pressing those in the club. Um, it feels really good. I'm really proud. <laughs> to have one mm-hmm. it's got um two singles on there so magic and chance to go far is uh is on the vinyl when you hear it, it's like dang i wish we put the whole ep on there but mm-hmm. just the two enough is a blessing you know yeah and you had that now it's part of your collection yeah and it's out there it's out there get your copy <laughs> yes and it's out on bastard jazz recordings tell me about that yeah yeah what um, is that they those they're a licensing licensing label in mm. New York and they basically um, birth <laughs> set that up. Who's birthday boy? Birthday boy's the producer of the project, and um, they came out. They reached out to us and they they they're backing us up one hundred mm. with this project, and they're the ones who's di- distributing the the EP and the vinyls. Mm. So if you go on their their label, you were able to get a. Copy. How did that happen though? Like there was no music out. Like how did they find you guys? How did that happen? I believe it's yeah. the it's it's the the sound of music. They're the sound of birth. Honestly, um, there was a few people who were interested, and I just think that um, it was just the right fit to go with them. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'd be wise if I went into too much details. Yes, <laughs> what, it's done, it's done. What's, what's done, done is done. done. They're supporting it 100, and we're mm. grateful. <laughs> and why is the EP titled Joseph? Well, it's 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 pretty significant. Um, uh, there's three people who's basically, uh, who's vested in this project. And uh, one of the gentlemen, his name is J- Joe. And... I think for the three of us, um, Joe was helping with the writings. He's done most of the writing on this project, um, and I feel like we we knew we were we were not a group, you know. Um, and this was it was just our way of getting all of our names on the project, you know, and just playing some homage to Joseph. We we literally had weeks of all kinds of name, and it's just all you know titles for the album. And at the end of it, it was like you know what, this is fitting. Birthday Boy and Trish, featuring Joseph. The three of our names is on it, so it's just like we just sat with that. Mm. Where's your name? So what, what? Your three of your names are in Joseph. Please pull well, that out for me. Well, see, yeah. Birthday Boy and Trish. Yeah. Joseph E. P. There's our the three of our names. Oh yeah, and the whole title. The whole title. I thought ti- you were saying in Joseph no, itself. No, it's no, like no, an no. acronym or something like that. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, but we're... yeah, that's that's the significance of Joseph, and it's mm. kind of just it's just a for our memorabilia of like what we created. Um, you know, we it's it's really interesting how it came about, you know, and at the end of it, um, 
we linked up. It was just a vibe straight. We connected um, from the first song and we religiously were con- meeting up to just record songs because, you know, we we were, we were banging out records. Like, mm. How did you guys even come together in a room and to, to get um, to that point? I was getting ready to go on the road. Um, and Joseph, Joseph, Joe, um, Joe and I have a mutual friend. Um, and we, he played me a, a Birth's Colors EP. Mm. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with their sound. And to the point where it was like, I would love to do something with these guys. But my time, the time was just real tight. Like I had to go on the road. I didn't know when I was going to come back. Um, and then those guys were working on their own thing. So it was, you know, once we set up the time and we solidified it, we came through, we met up. It was like... This is before they're going out or after? Afterwards. Okay. I was supposed to be working with Joe from time. And I had a situation and unfortunately I didn't know where, where my stance was. If I could make music and if I did make music, what would happen to it? Could I go on? Can I release anything? So I didn't want to put any producers or any writers, anyone who I was working with in any predicament where it gets stalled. So out of respect, like he waited, you know, um, and then finally, once the opportunity presented itself, I showed up, kept my mm. word, and we made magic. What do you mean? Like, what, were you in a situation where, you, like, can um, you expand on that? Uh, uh, <laughs> I was, um, I was in a situation, and um, I was just trying to do my part as an artist, just deliver, like, create the records. Do what I need to, like, I don't know if it's, like, again, if it's wise for me to really talk mm-hmm. about this because um, it's, it's, it's kind of personal. Um, mm-hmm. I lost, it was, a, there was, there was losing, it was a lose-lose, you know, versus a win-win situation. And um, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus why I'm really trying to be careful yeah, like uh, I'll give you this. Uh, we've had artists, like say independent artists, mm-hmm. who have been say uh, in uh, in a record deal or yeah. like an album deal, mm-hmm. and I've told them like, hey, don't mention the name of the record label mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> but I want to know what you learn from that situation, so anybody else who's listening can get what you learn from it, so they they know if they're gonna get in a record deal or do this type of deal. Yeah. They, they know like, oh, this is what I should look out for. So you don't have to mention specific names or anything like that, but like, like describe. It felt you know, jaded, if- to be honest with you. When you go in as an artist and you're, you're going in it for the right purses of making music, not not to make money, mm. um, that kind of, I lost that love, the passion, every, everything else kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. And I feel like I wasn't able to deliver as an artist after a while. Like I'd go in the studio and the music wasn't coming out how I was hearing it in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to write. I fell in writer's block again. So for artists who ever go through that, I recommend you, you know, um, always try and just try and find inspiration. Be around people who are inter- who are into the same things as you are, and just try. And um, if you're not writing, write with someone, or if you can't write with someone, get someone to write for you, and see, maybe they'll, you know, maybe they're the ones that'll help you with your career. But as long as you keep trying and you don't give up, especially if you this is your passion, like this is what you want to do. For me, it's been over 15 years, you know, that I've been um, making music. Um, I've, I work with bands. I'm, I back up artists in 
you know, in all different kinds of genres. My, I grew up listening to reggae music and mm. rock music, and I back up reggae bands. I've been backing up an artist for the past 16 years. Wow. <laughs> you know, and I found on the downtime when I wasn't able to, to deliver, I was just, I, w- I put myself on the road helping out other artists with their music. Mm. So it's just best to just always find yourself vested in something musically go to shows get inspired so main thing just so if you you know find if you can't find the support find some support for somebody else mm. definitely go out there mingle network your network is your net worth your network <laughs> is your net worth yeah okay Okay, you've been doing this for 15 years. Over 15 years. Over 15 years. Because, yeah, when I went to the YouTube channel, what was the video, Bump? Mm-hmm. That had, like, I don't know, four or 500,000 views. And this is in 2009. Back then, yeah. that many views is, like, basically over millions today. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's pretty cool. I had, like, you know, the music I was releasing then was more dance-orientated. So I had, like, a dancer following. It was really beautiful, you know. Um, the, a lot of people were making just creating choreography pieces to unreleased material um and that was like my introduction my introduction to the world Mm. you know and from there i've just i've been creating music i released my escape um independently and what would what year would this have been that dropped i believe 2010 Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, so, our, first of all, where, where are you from? Where are you from? I'm from Toronto. Toronto. Where in Toronto? Ooh. Where? Let's go. Rep- above the heart of downtown. The heart of downtown. Above. Above. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where? Let's get specific. Uh, Intersections. Okay, well, right now. Neighborhood r- areas. Right, right now, just outside James Street. So, okay. I'm mm-hmm. hearing some boop, 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 boop. People are listening to this podcast Falstaff. right now. <laughs> Jane and Falstaff right now. Okay. But, like, I've lived all over the city, like... I've lived at um, Vaughn and Oakwood. I've lived in Regent Park. And I've lived at um, Sean DuPont, which is like the, um, what do they call that district? It's right up here, mm. above the heart of downtown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then right now, Southside Jane. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so how did you get into the whole music thing? My pops, he's a musician. He's a guitarist. And I would, I would jam with him. Um, I went on the road with him in Toledo, in Detroit. Um, oh, did he play in a band solo? What oh was yeah, it? he Tell played. Me. He played. He played in a few bands. He played on Messenger. Mm-hmm. And what he, kind of sound? Like, what are these bands playing? Reggae music. Reggae music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Reggae, and okay. you know, he'd fuse rock and roll. My dad mm-hmm. was a was a he rock and roll guitarist all day, and he just he just loved music. So if he would. You know, he he was inspired by Jimi Hendrix, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, Mumpstein. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. You keep saying those names, <laughs> man. So we just, yeah. I want to get, yeah. So loved rock and roll, but he also played like, reggae fusing music. reggae music and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's to, uh, playing what? Exactly what instruments? The uh, uh, electric guitar. Electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And he's going on tour or doing what? Select <laughs> he, dates or what was that like? He, oh, yeah. oh, it was it was really cool. It's like you know, when you have a musician as a, a parent, you think everyone in the world is a musician when you're young until you realize. Um, no, that's not the case. Because um, you're surrounded by his friends and mm-hmm. everybody coming around in the house or whatever is playing music. All day. All day. You know, yeah. it, it's lovely. It was really, really nice until, you know, 
till it's not in the house anymore. Mm. Um, and so tell me about these trips that he's taking you on. Okay. How old were you? Oh, the uh, the youngest I say it was mm. nine. Nine years nine. old. Nine, yeah. I got to back up one of his friends, Ida Sadu, um, and Lily and Alan. Um, they used to be um, a hot spot back in the day called the Bamboo Club mm. and the Real Jerk. So they had a live performances there, and I remember doing a song with Lily and Alan, one of her songs, and backing it up, backing Lillian with her daughter. Mm. Um, the vocals. <laughs> just the, I don't think there was much singing going on, like <laughs> we were okay. children. Yeah. But I could still remember that moment. I couldn't tell you the day, mm. but um, there's what little moments like, like that. Do you remember what it felt like? Nine years old, you're on stage um i remember being nervous but i also too remember wanting to be a part of that world you know it's and then you don't realize like this is what you want to do when you as you get older when it's like you've you've tried like for instance okay well my i've come from my parents are west indian so my grandparents is a musician is not a career they wanted me to follow so it was i had to be really good at it to convince them that this is the path i'm going to do otherwise no they're not supporting and they're pulling me out i had to i remember um sneaking out of the house for for talent shows both prior to going into high school because I wasn't allowed <laughs> for a talent show for a talent show, you know, um, but like it, it, it was lovely going on the road with my dad. Um, we we performed at restaurants and I think it, those those type of gigs are unique because half the time you're you're in your zone. People are not paying attention to you. They're there with their families, their eatings, they're ch- talking. Some people can't handle that, but I actually liked it because it gave me a moment to like kind of like just be you know and if they pay if they hear it and they like it they hear it and they like it more times they do applaud <laughs> mm. because it's it's in the air you know the the music so what you're telling me is when you're you know in these restaurants playing with your father mm-hmm. you like that you didn't have a hundred percent of their attention yeah because what you're not nervous they they, they weren't those eyeballs weren't on you so right. you could like do what just you be, want yeah, yeah and just, just be be in the moment be in the moment with yeah. my pops it yeah. was cool as much as it was nerve-wracking i feel like because half the time most of the the, the restaurant's guests were you know indulging in their food or their company it was there wasn't much pressure to be to be you know on mm. point and perfect um like like one would be in a concert mm. where it's all eyes on you. That's freeing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And what ha- So going from there, did you enter into any success at the talent shows or what? Or what was that like? It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember auditioning for this one, Honey Jam, uh, one talent show called Honey Jam. Yes. And I didn't make it the first few cuts. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I was still developing. I was still finding myself as an, my voice as an artist. So... I was. I'm not surprised. I feel like by the time I got through at the, the auditions, because after getting through, um, finally I I performed two other times after that year. Um, I had more development going on. I had a creative director with me. We had choreography in the showcase. So the sh- the piece the show itself was developed. You mm. know, it wasn't. Amateur. So we're talking about your mid-teens, 15, and like mm-hmm. in terms of when you're entering? Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Honey Jam? 
I don't know though. I say my mid teens, I was I was doing more community stuff. There was um, this play was evolved and called the Real Deal, and I feel and I definitely was I teenage. I was still in the studio. My brother in law was managing me. Mm. Um, yeah, my brother in law was managing me. He was bringing me to the studios. I was still I was starting to write my own material. Um. And then I started, yeah, I was doing community work. And then once I became a lot more comfortable performing live, I started performing more with my pops in Detroit, visiting him, leaving on the weekends. Because Detroit's really, it's like a four-hour drive. It's not far, It's yeah. not far at all. So your father That's lived my second in Detroit? Home. Yeah. Okay. Detroit's my second home. And Detroit is, histo- like the music history <laughs> in Detroit, it's crazy, right? It is crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. It's a, it's... Motown, everything. It's funny. Hip hop, all world. like yeah, all and it's then really also funny. the music that's being played on Detroit radio as well too, and all, like all like it's everywhere. Detroit is beautiful. I remember that it's lovely. It's a beautiful place. It's unfortunate what that what had happened. What happened to Detroit, you know, with the riots and stuff. But like with what they have to offer, this the people is they're so beautiful. It's got so much to offer over there. Mm. Mm -hmm. So your brother-in-law was taking you into the studio and you're spending time in the studio. Did you have to sneak out to do this or did the family knew? At this point, it was like, guys, family, I want to make music. I'm going to make music. And then my mom, she actually liked the tunes that I was bringing home. So she, from my, my mom was satisfied. It was just like, pop, my grandfather, whatever my grandfather said, was like, well, what he doesn't know won't hurt. <laughs> but my mom likes it. So, yeah, you know, she was at first, she was, I'd say my grandfather and my my mom were the two hardest to convince because only my mom, she's been through, she's been on the road with my father and. I think she was just over it. She didn't really want to see me go down that path, because mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a tough business, right? And she didn't know if it, you know, if it was for me, if, if or if I'm really serious. Like you can make music, but are you willing to tough it out? Are you willing to tough the bull? There's a lot of bullshit. Sorry, pardon my French. But yeah, there's a swear. lot of bullshit that goes on in this industry, and you you know you got to be really strong. Yeah, so I'm wondering because there's the actual history with your father's career. Mm-hmm. If your grandparents, your grandpa, and your mom are looking at that and they're like, no, we really don't want you to go through this pain or the struggle or we saw what happened with your father. And mm-hmm. that that I had to have an influence, obviously, right? Or yeah. No? Yes and no. Because I feel like he's a, he's more on the musician side. Like he his instrument was a guitar. My instrument's my voice, right? So it's kind of like, how long can I endure it? And well, it's not. It's kind of the same. It's it's tough. It's just really tough. And he's a male, and I'm a female. You know, like there's you got those aspects too. Like mm. they were more protective of you. Very much so. Very much so. And um, I've got family members in the industry. You know, some of them I haven't spoken about. Some of them's done, excuse me, some of them haven't spoken to to get some advice, I should say. Um, and they've done pretty, they've made a name for themselves. Um, my uh, mom's cousin and my un- my dad's family, Eddie Grant, it's my dad's family. Wow. And Jimmy Cliff's my mom's side of what? the family. What? I know. 
And Whoa. so it's it's pretty interesting, you know, it's really interesting. Um, so there's some successes there that it's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But for me, it's like how how much do what can I do? What do I have to offer in this in this, you know, as an artist? Mm. And I just feel like it's it, for me. It's always been inspiration about just trying to inspire people, artists through um, what I could do with my voice vocally because I've got a wide range or topic or my journey. That's why I'm really happy to be here to talk to you because your show is all about inspiring people. A lot of us need that out here, especially in a city where it feels like it's they're not really entertainment for entertainment, more so just business. Like I feel like this, like you mentioned, Canada's kind of slow to it. I don't know if they're com- completely slow to the talent that comes out of the city or the country, but it's interesting to see only certain certain faces you see every year at our award shows. It's discouraging for some, and uh, that's some of the talk I should say. Like most of us artists have that we don't have much representation, or if you go outside of the, the country and other people are like, "Is Drake really the only rapper?" Out of Canada? No, he's not. But that's what Canada has allowed the world to see. That we only have a handful of artists. Mm. But we've got a great, great um, sportsmanship. Mm. Forgive me, guys. But, like, honestly, I love... I love this city and what it has to offer. At the end of the day, everyone's an artist. If we're not... If you have you been like if you check the the underground, there's so many artists in this city. There's so many artists in this city. It's so it's wonderful, and that alone should be very inspiring for people. There's a lot of people coming here to create because of how diverse and what we've got to offer. So I'm hoping in the next few years, a lot of the things, the stigmas, are going to be out the window, mm. and there's going to be change for the better for us. Mm -hmm. It would be lovely. Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle. Banzoogle makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Choose from hundreds of mobile-friendly themes. Then customize your design and content in a few clicks with Banzoogle's easy visual editor. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including tools to sell your music and merch commission-free right on your website mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters. Integrations to pull in content from all your online services like Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. And live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at $8.29 a month and include your free custom domain name. Go to banzoogle.com to try for free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code CHEDO15. That is C-H-E-D-O-15 to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Banzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. We're going to talk about like the, the difference between when you first came out and now. I, I still want to continue to follow along your journey mm-hmm. of, uh, okay, so we're talking about Honey Jam, you're in the studio, you're saying I'm going to do this, and then what? What does it lead to? The first record releasing? Is that the first big moment or is there big moments before the first record comes out? It depends. Because, you know, you can write... You to can... you. <laughs> from your perspective. From my perspective. You, yes. Repeat your question. My Escape is the... Uh, my Escape. First 
project that's out, mm-hmm. right? That's a big deal. Was there anything we're missing? I'm just trying to follow the timeline and like what are the big moments and to lead to that. All those years of trying to find my voice as an artist, recre- recre- recording songs, just creating and finally getting enough material to put a project out that technically is really an EP because there's no, there wasn't a message. Like I, I feel like for like debut albums, most artists have a story to tell, you know? And I found like my escape was something I just wanted to give to fans for people who were waiting for material, who heard of the bumps and the mannequin records and didn't get anything from that. Unfortunately, I was one of those artists who were who was in a situation and a new regime happened and then I was left on the shelf. And I was left in the position where a lot of artists are afraid to be in. It leaves you vulnerable. You don't know if you're going to continue. You don't know if you should continue because you feel jaded, right? And I feel like I was at a height. There was I was at a height in my career and I had to do something before... The 15 minutes is up. <laughs> so the height of career is your, the song Bump. Is that correct? Mm, or what? Like- just the height of my career. Because like, I, I, I signed a situation, and a, a deal. You signed to a record label. A record label. A major record a label. A major record here label. Here in Canada. Mm-mm, Capitol Records. Capitol Records in it, the U.S. Mm-hmm. How did that, how did you even get there? Um, I had a team. Okay. And we, we, we got a situation. Okay. We created music that was making noise, and unfortunately... What was the noise that was being created even before for, for instance, a record label to sign? Um, Bump? Well, at the time, yeah. the the internet was fairly new. Twitter was fairly new. A lot of things were just booming. Yeah. So what what it was is just like, even at we... I don't think the video, the whole online video thing was popular. Yeah. 2007, 2009, so... Yeah. That the noise was, <clears throat> we were putting out material. Um, people were creating videos to unreleased music, and I was getting at least I was getting um, people were putting up posting videos hundreds by the week, by the you know of your music of my music that was unreleased. So how I, did they get their hands on it? <laughs> you get you sprinkled some. You're like, hey, yeah, hold that, sprinkle a little, just hold this. Here you go. Here oh you go. God. And that. And here that. Go. And you know. Um, so dancers, choreographers, dancers, fan choreo- videos yeah. are just like they're putting. They all- were starting to come through, okay. and that was impressive. And because um, that's funny, because people today use that as challenges, and artists say, "Here's this challenge: make a dance to it, or dance to it, or <laughs> yeah. put your hashtags." Yeah. You're doing this in 2008, seven, I, eight, nine. It was happening for me. I never asked people. You didn't, okay. And the person I was working with, actually. The gentleman I was working with was a major choreographer, so I feel like he had a part of that. Okay. He had something to do with that. Okay, so they saw this, Capital saw this, uh, and the records, uh, and then you got a, a major le- label deal. Yeah. And what was the deal? Like, what's like, what is it like an album deal? Three mm-hmm. albums, five albums, or like, uh, <laughs> or a single deal at that time? Because it's uh, around ringtones is one too. You who like one, two, one, it was only ten years ago, but like. It seems like forever ago. It does seem like forever ago. Yeah. Um, I believe it was a distribution deal for five albums. Five albums? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Something like that. And then um, they really like what they saw. They did, yeah. and it was cool. It, it happens to the best of us people. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Um. 
it it happened, and unfortunately, it happened to me. You, by the way, that's very common. We hear that all the time. Where say the A and R signs you, and then the A and R is gone, and new t- team staff comes up, and they are not a priority anymore. They want new blood, and that happens. And common. it happens. It, it's you can't you can't get mad at those situations because those who come in, they n- should have a roster of artists that they want to bless, right? Yeah. So and I, I, you know, the gentleman who had signed gave us the deal. He tried. He was trying for me, and he suggested a few things, and I, 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 um, I try my best to make it happen over on my, on this end. What and did he suggest? Because the just things... keep recording. Okay. Recording songs. Okay. Um, With specific instructions, like make me something for the radio, or yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. And you are a radio friendly artist, by the way. You're not like an underground backpack hip hop artist. Got to try to make a, <laughs> a a radio single. You're, you're this f- is my radio hit. Exactly. Um, no, I want to make music. I've been, excuse me, I've been making music that I'm hoping people will like. If I end up getting a radio hit, that would be wonderful, you know. But I, I feel like that's the wrong approach. Because if you're just trying to make songs just to get on the radio, are you happy with those songs? Are you? Are we really? As artists, if we're, this is my radio hit. Are we loving it? I've been, I've met artists on the road who are, who are, can't stand the songs that, that they created for the radio. Honestly, I just make songs. I, I make songs that feel good and that feel right. I, I don't think I've ever made, recorded a song in, for the intentions of it making the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, there's like a recent interview that uh, Quincy Jones did mm-hmm. regarding what you're talking about of like if you're ma- trying to make something with radio in mind or success in mind. He When he talks about, you know, uh, like the uh, interviewer asked him, do you hear the spirit of jazz and pop today? And he's like, no, people gave it up to chase money when you go after Ciroc Vodka and Fat Farm and all that stuff. God walks out of the room. I've never made I've never in my life made music for money or fame. Not even thriller. No way. God walks out God walks out of the room when you're thinking about money. You could spend a million dollars on a piano part and it won't make you a million dollars back. That's just not how it works. Is that connected at well all? Said. To what does uh, that ring honest, true to you? That does ring true to me. Yeah. Honestly, that's exactly how like when I when I wanted to become an artist and write so- and write songs, sing songs, it wasn't to be famous. It wasn't to be rich. It was because I could, and that's what I wanted to do. You know, once the money comes into play and you see how people change, like I feel like part of me was like going in the studio, like Ugh, whatever. Hmm. Afterwards, once once I became jaded, once I saw the ugly side of it. I was super naive, and you know what? I'm happy what happened to me happened because I, I wasn't ready for it. I thought it, I thought I did not expect to see what I saw or feel how I felt or be treated the way I was treated by certain people. Um, you're warned about it, but once you actually go through it, it's like, holy shit. You hear it all the time. You're yeah, saying like, the industry's cutthroat. You always hear about it, but then until you go through it, then you realize. It's like you really have to love what you do. You really have to. You Otherwise, it's pointless. I'm a private individual, and I certainly will not um, sell my, my body, put my use my body to sell my music. In this industry, sex sells, and I feel like it's gonna it's gonna take me a lot longer. <laughs> 
to be recognized because I won't do certain things or be heard because I won't say or do certain things, you know? And I don't think I'm the only one who feels that way. No, I don't think you are either. You're right. It does take longer, but then once you get there, you're 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 established, and you'll have a lifelong base. Hopefully. It's not dependent on gimmicks. No, it, but it is. Majority, you know, it's te- it's ninety percent um, business, ten percent talent. This industry. So, you sign a record deal. You got all excited. Were you excited, by the way, at that moment? I was so excited. Tell me, share that moment a little bit with oh my me. My God. I what was the new? Where were you? How did it happen? What is? What was the infer- like? You know? I was yeah. in my mom's house, living with my mom at the time. I was working. I was still working at Blockbuster. Oh wow! Right when they existed. TBT throwback. Right Hello, and Blockbuster. Damn. It was like, it was like a dream come true. It's Capitol Records, you know, like especially like you said, like being having Detroit. As my second home, and then the Motown and that story, Motown, how most artists went over to Capitol, and that would have been that would have been a lovely choice, but unfortunately, <laughs> we got our deal in in L.A. Mm. But um, it it was just like it was like a dream come true. It was it was a great feeling. Mm. So, how long did that whole process get? Like, how was it? What was it like to get out of that deal, or what happened? There's probably a lot of Share that those moments with me. It must have been some depression, definitely. Like you just hear panic. Panic. Uh, it was like, what do I say? I'm like, I honestly, I feel like I've definitely felt and in, fell into a depression. I was afraid to talk on social media. N- now I still have issues with um, communicating on social media with people. I'm especially I've worked like I've I've had people help me with my social media accounts, and speaking for me and. Unfortunately, some like certain words like promises. I don't like to use that word promise. If we can't keep it, don't use it. And some people were using it um, when they were running my accounts. And then, you know, when I can't deliver for those, for people, for fans, it's disappointing. It's heartbreaking. It's like I let myself down too, you know. I've sacrificed enough already, you know, um, by hanging out, mingling, and by staying focused or not having a love life to be in the studio. Mm. You know, seriously, that's what we do as artists. You know, we sacrifice that and we miss out at weddings or have to leave funerals or have to perform during a time where you should be with probably with family. I've done that, you know, and it's tough. It can be lonely. It can be very lonely. The road is definitely a, a lonely situation, but like... That, infor- that that side was just hard because I didn't want to... I wanted to tell people what I was going through, but I didn't know how to do it. And I also, too, was being very careful with expressing what I was dealing with because the last thing I wanted to do was look like I was disrespecting my mentor as much as the falling out was with my team. It wasn't with the label, it was with my team. And I could easily be like, ooh, it's all their fault. It's all our fault. We all messed up. I'm not going to give it, I'm not going to say that it's all give them to blame. I agreed to stick with them. Unfortunately, there was a mishap and hopefully we've all learned from it, you know, from throughout these years and hopefully we've been able to grow for the better. But like, how, so I can understand, say the label stuff that the A&R changing and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. How would you say it was you and your teams? What, what, what was your responsibility in that where you messed up? 
maybe I should have kept my mouth shut for some people. But I didn't. I was fighting for myself. I was fighting. I was fighting for myself. And I, like, please excuse me because I really do not want to open old wounds. But I was fighting for creativity. I wanted to be able to be in the studio when I was expected not to be in the studio. And unfortunately, it was rubbing people wrong. And it was like, you know what you're doing? So then do it on your own at a time when it was like we this should not be happening right now guys you know when uh, you wanted to be in studio when you're not supposed to be in studio what does that mean like the music that you're because yeah when you're in a date label deal the music that you're recording is their property yep so what's the point of recording <laughs> well here's my thing here yeah. here's the thing you it's it's touchy because I'm looking at the artists today and I'm looking at how a lot of them are able to work with so many different producers. Mm. At the time, I wasn't allowed. I wasn't able to. That was the issue. And I think I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Because if I could talk about it with them in the video, in, with them in the room so that they can defend themselves, I think that would be the wisest thing. Mm-hmm. But that's what I was. I was fighting for. In the, I was fighting for myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I was, I feel like my kindness was taken for granted because half the time I was letting people, I trusted, I put my trust in these people to run my career, to speak up, do things on behalf of me, my management. And. So what did you learn from that situation? What I learned was teamwork makes the dream work. Everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody, you like respect. I, I what I learned from that is I, I gotta be, be able to be creatively free. If I'm not record, if I'm unable to record something, I'm writing. If I'm not writing, I'm listening to some. You know what I mean? I'm just oh, I just have to immerse myself in something creative from this. And I, patience, understanding. Um, I read so much books. <laughs> What, are, what were some books that helped? Um, the Now, Power of Now. Oh my God, I'm listening to that audiobook <laughs> right now. The Power of Now yeah. is one, you know, um, reciprocation. Um, Actually, another artist who, one of the best interviews I've had here, mm-hmm. she recommended that book. Yeah, uh, I recommend it too, yeah. The Power of Now. Yeah, it helped her a lot during um, the low point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah. That's one, to name a few, but that's... How do you know if you're on the same page? That's the thing with people like, okay, so I don't know what your situation is with term, in terms of a team or whatever. Say mm-hmm. if you were recruiting people or people wanted to work with you on your team, how do you make sure that none of that stuff happens, but also you just get through it quickly? Is there questions you ask? Is it an interview process? Is it like, what do you, how do you pierce through all the BS and like get to where you need to get to in terms of like... You know what this person's in- intention is. So later on, there's no assumptions. There's no time wasted. There's no, oh, I thought this. No, I thought this. Oh, my God. I you know. spent a year or two years or whatever. It's, it's hard to say, you know, because you're hoping that everyone that you work with is on the same page. Like, you don't, you just never know. Like, it... I can say interview the person and check their background and see who what they who they've worked with, who you know if they've even accomplished anything in mm. the, in their field. That would be a great start. 
But, you know, there's a lot of um, people on the come up. We're in the come up show. There's a lot of people on the come up who might be the ones versus the ones that's been in the industry that are just over it. Because at the end of the day, they'll find a new somebody. And it, it's verse, it's it's the same for if it, it's for everyone. The rule applies for everybody. Artists are replaceable. Management is replaceable. If they don't do their job well, find somebody else who will. It's hard to say. It's fucking part of my French. Oh my you could swear. You're allowed. It's this really- is for the internet. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to just try them out. And if it's they're working for you, you know, have get them to be a part of your family, your team. Mm. All the best to you guys. Give them a shot. I, you just got to try. Like, honestly, it's hard to say. Okay. So the album My Escape, did it come out after this whole situation? Yes. Okay. There was like, yo, I was all this whole thing. Here you go. Yeah, here you go, people. Yeah. I love you. You've been waiting all this while. Here's here's something why you've been waiting, mm. <laughs> and 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 I and I finally got out my situation. Um, I was in court. Wow, got that serious. It got that serious. Wow. And I, and just my love, passion, everything. I, like I don't even half the songs that I was trying to record. It's like I can even I go back to them. It was like wrong pitch, wrong key. But then it was like, where was I mentally at that at that time in my life? I was going through a lot and it, you can hear it in the records um and then 222 came about a couple of years afterwards and it's just just a reminder of of like why i'm doing what i'm doing like when i was 22 um i caught the clock i've been catching the clock at 2:22 in the morning or in the afternoon or going to build meetings and the building I have to meet meet them at is two twenty two, and apparently, in numerology, mm. two twenty two means you are supposed to be where you are in life. And when I was twenty two, I signed a record deal. Right, so f- just alone that name it was significant. And then when I was trying to find a name for the project, it was two twenty two in the morning, so we named it two twenty two. And those songs on the record, I feel like on the EP um, is about growth. I was definitely not, I was less less stressed. Didn't feel like I, I had to, I was fo- rushing. Cause I feel like my escape wasn't rushed, but it would definitely had some urgency to be released versus 222. And then Joseph just came out. Um, Joseph came out on, you know, and how does how does Joseph feel in terms of getting that out? And feels right. It feels definitely right. Um, I'm in a different place too, you know, in my life. Um, it was stress free recording. Um, even the process, it was like birth. When you're ready, whenever you're ready, you just let me hear the final product. It was no. No complaints, great vibes all around the mixing and the recording process. Mm. Whereas to whereas my escape, it was like, <clears throat> I gotta get this out, I gotta get this out. Like 
got to give the people something. And I kind of feel like some of the material could have been better. Better, definitely at least a message behind it. And I realized as I was, as I started to record songs, there was no real message behind the songs I was starting to put out versus the songs I put out to um, introduce myself. At least with those songs, it was like, I'm trying to get you guys to move. I want to make you guys dance, you know? And I think the fact that I, I was working with several different producers and more than one writer on both projects is why they felt like that for me versus Joseph. I worked with one writer and I already knew I wanted to have a message for this project. I didn't want it to be a physical, physical album where the songs are about, you know, sex or mm. <laughs> jump up and down. The Joseph EP focuses on love outside of the romantic spectrum. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> support your support system. Love, the respect, you know what I mean? The, the Just the mutual love. The, 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 man, I feel like because there was a, just like Joseph, I already had a great respect for birth, for what birth and Joseph had. And I was, I became a huge fan of, of, of birth's work. And prior to Joel had expressed how much he was a fan of mine. Mm. And I I was he he's just sick with it. Like when you get to when you meet him, hopefully you'll meet Joel. him soon. Joe Joe yeah. Law is his name. He's just he's super cool and just the respect level that we had from for each other that came into the project. It was just like we knew what we each of us had to offer and we knew that we wanted to just Whatever we create and whatever we decide to put out there has to be on a new level. Something, you know, that's not common for mm. for all of us. Mm. And I'm, I'm feeling the energies of it. Thank you. Um, so when you came out in terms of like as an artist, who are the people that you're looking up to in terms of the Canadian music scene? Oh, Your peers? Because I feel like this is an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> In the city, yeah. oh man, I was look. I look. I loved uh, Julie Black. Yes. And uh, Mishy Me. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, Maestro, um, Cardinal. Um, oh my God. Socrates. Socrates. Chaclair, um, uh Melanie Durant. Yes. And I got to meet majority of them mm -hmm. and it was like wow oh my gosh holy shit <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's crazy i don't really i don't i can't believe how great how like how starstruck i i get i become i didn't realize that i was that type of individual but i i am <laughs> um but they i was completely starstruck with most of them <laughs> yeah. So the, most of those people that you mentioned are like already established yeah. legends, mm -hmm. but more people who are coming up with you on a same level or like oh yeah. oh like Andrina and, and Andrina Kim, Mill. Kim Davis. Kim Davis. It was an honor to meet them. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, um, I didn't know much about the 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 younger talent versus the older ones like uh, Julie Black and. Melanie Durant, our, our veterans, um, I should say. Um, 
and Divine Brown, you know, because um, I was in Detroit half the most of my summers in the holidays. My parents split. because of Detroit, you're missing it, or I was missing Detroit... out on like okay. the upcoming talent because okay. I wasn't paying attention to what to the upcoming talent. Yeah. So once I started, when I came out on the scene and I'm doing the showcases with these with these awesome artists, it's like what? Man, I hope I can work with some of them, but like, you know. That's that's the reason I asked because by the way I've been doing I started to come up show in two thousand and seven as a radio show at Western. Oh, so I've seen, I've seen right. So yeah. that's why when I say when when you mention some of those artists and there's a lot of them, so many they're so immensely talented, but they're maybe not as active today or they're like where are they at now? I feel like they're they're doing their thing. Like you know I feel like like me like a lot of people pr- probably feel like I'm not dealing with like any. where's Trisha yeah where am I yeah. where am I yeah. <laughs> I'm at home y'all um no I'm I'm here like working I'm on the road I'm recording um I'm writing songs with a few of my other writer friends for for their up and coming artists um we'll, we'll mention names later um but yeah like so when you're coming up at that around that time, two thousand eight, two thousand seven, two thousand and nine, you're in Detroit, uh, and compared to now, twenty eighteen, when people when you say I'm from when you go to Detroit or you go to wherever America and you mm-hmm. say where are you from, I'm from Toronto. Mm-hmm. What's like, di- what's different from ten Toronto. years ago? To, I feel like a lot of people has visited this visited the city today versus 10 years ago so they know what we have to offer and it's like oh they don't live in igloos (laughs) so it's nice you know it's real nice Mm. Mm -hmm. but uh, other than that like it's nice what what, is there any is there more optimism at all for you as a canadian artist absolutely there definitely is and it's it's lovely because um there's a lot more there's a lot more shows happening and i've been going out to check out Check out uh, the up and coming talent. I want to work with a lot of them, it, but it's just to see how serious they are. If they're gonna last, if they're gonna be around, because mm. you hear names, but then like we mentioned, some of the artists that I've I've come up with, and they're they're actually they've been they're still doing. You, Andrina's still doing her thing. She's recording music. Kim's still doing her thing. You know, Julie's still doing her thing a lot of there's artists who are still doing their thing but then there's some artists that I heard about two years ago who are not doing their thing so it really depends on the individual if they Mm -hmm. if if like music is a career that they they like to pursue unfortunately (laughs) it's 90% business 10% talent in who you know in this place that's frustrating isn't it can be it can be but if you're in it for the right reasons, mm-mm. I love it. I love being on the road. I love getting out of the city mm. and going on the road. Who are you on the road with <laughs> when you're saying you're on the road a lot or you're yeah. as backup or whatever? I'm on the road with um, Lazo, Kwesi Selassie, mm-hmm. the Dream Band. And then I've, I put on a few tours myself and went out on the road with a few um, hip-hop artists mm. across Canada. So we've talked about, you know, you've talked about the the whole capital deal, how, you know, how painful that that was. Was that the, what was the lowest point in this creative journey for you? The the bottom. 
This is a bloody tough question, love. Yeah. <laughs> the lowest point. Is it like, you know, you have frustrations. Is there Has there ever been points where you just quit? Stopped making music? You weren't creative at all? Did you like, uh, I'm just going to leave this for a minute? No. <laughs> because you're, I guess you've been lucky to be on the road with the other artists yeah. and play backups. So that kind of kept you in the game. Eh? Definitely. Because if, if you didn't have that, then. Uh, then I think I would have quit. Yeah. You would have so, been at home 24-7 just. Yep. I definitely feel like I just probably would venture would have ventured elsewhere. Like I'm in school. I I am um, I'm in school now. I'm in my final term. And what did you go back to school for? Why did you go? Back why to did I go? Because yeah. two years ago I did a um, children's audiobook called Nzinga, the Great Warrior of Angola, and I played Princess Nzinga, and I had to put on an accent. And I feel like I could have done some better research. Just been a little bit, you know, just, just, in a, I just feel like I needed more experience in that field and in acting. And I just decided to get the proper training. And I've enrolled in the program. I'm loving it. It's the Acting for Cameron Voice program. Um, and I'm almost done. <laughs> Mm. And hopefully, hopefully, I can pick up some more gigs in the in the voiceover field and bring some of my web series to life, and incorporate some of the the music that I haven't released mm. into my short stories. I'm noticing some diversification here mm -hmm. that is keeping you still alive as mm -hmm. a creative. Mm -hmm. That's is that important? Very important. Like I mentioned, like it's important to be around those who are invested in interested in the same things as you are creatively. My sister is a writer. Thank God, you know we 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 got each other, um, and you know I feel like she's she's been my rock, too, um, in that support and that side of the support. She'll send me ideas, mm -hmm. um, script wise, and be like, write me a song, <laughs> write me a song for this character. Wow, that's really key. Mm -hmm. What is currently inspiring you right now? School is inspiring me. The individuals I am meeting on a daily, who I'm sitting next to on a daily, they are inspiring inspiring me. Most of them are younger than me. I'm I'm the oldest in my class. Um and they I feel like that passion, that little bit of passion I was I was lacking, they sparked it back in me. Mm. I've been writing more. I've you know, creatively, um, I feel like I've been more on, on point. Um, of my duties and I'm I'm really happy that I decided to go back to school because I didn't realize how bad my English was <laughs> <laughs> and as a writer it's imperative to know what I'm writing about and so at least and when I'm conversating with people I can have a decent conversation and understand what she's saying to me or what I'm reading so I just I just feel like I don't know. Part of me is just I'm 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 still growing mm. as as a not only as an artist but as an as a young woman, and I think that's important for people they to always strive to learn. Just keep learning, learning some, just learning and reading daily. Just it's imperative. Stay curious. Stay curious, you guys. Stay curious. Anything else you wanted to leave the listeners with, Trish? This guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing your story with me because you are pretty private and low key. There's Very not a million articles on you or a million 
whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I don't know too much about this Trish girl. Yeah. I, th- well, thank you for having me. And I, I, and thank you so much for your patience in, 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 in the love and support that you've shown, you've shown this project. I really appreciate it. And like you said, like, I just feel like because sometimes I get so nervous when a camera's put in my face to talk about my life. <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> okay, sure. But I guess people want to know what the individual is like. So I shouldn't stray from it. I should give him me, huh? And so I, I, it's something I got to just get over. This, the I, Interviews make me nervous. Mm. I don't, I feel like I'm better just on with the one-on-one when I'm meeting people and I can get my messages across when, instead when there's a few people listening. Yeah. But like, I've got, I feel like because of the sad side of my story of feeling jaded and stuff, it also too made me a little bit standoffish and just kind of like shy away from social media because I didn't know what, to, I don't, I didn't know how, how to tell people what was happening to me without Without looking like an angry black woman, because that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to vent. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to vent, but it was like, you know what? Some things are better left unsaid, and I need to just toughen, toughen out, and remember where I came from, where this all started, and why I'm doing this. And it's not for popularity; it is to inspire. I hope one of these days I can help someone with their career. That was, that's been my, that's always been my thing. And I'm sticking to it. You're sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. If I can, some people, like, they got to see that you've accomplished certain things before they listen. Like, why should I listen to Trish? What have you done in your life? Okay, let me accomplish some things then. (laughs) To give you the. So I can show you what you need to do. Mm. No. Or at least help you. Or at least show you. One of the two. Damn it. You know, but I, I I feel I feel good. I feel like something's lifted off of me being here and explaining to you that I went through something that I still kind of shying away from telling you mm. because I just I don't want no drama. I'm not about that drama. You're ready life. to share whatever that is. Please come <laughs> back here. I will. You know, and I I just hope I can continue to make good music. That's what I want to do. And I'm getting ready to release my debut album. After all these years, and I'm really, really nervous about that, and I'm so excited at the same time because it's it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming, you know? And so far, with all the producers I've met and writers I've met, I know that this debut album's going to be something special, something mm. you won't want to miss, you know? Especially based off of Joseph and getting the message across and you guys hear it. And it's receptive. It's like, all right, okay, we're on to something. Make sure you come back when you're when that's ready to absolutely. be Absolutely. I absolutely will. Thank you very much, Trish. I feel your energy. You're just like, <laughs> you're a beaming light, like your optimism. Thank you. Uh, I believe and I hope, you know, someone who's listened to this has been inspired. I hope so too. Uh, yeah. Let me know if you have been. That would be wonderful. How can they reach out to let you know they have been? Right, okay. Let follow go. me. Follow me on Twitter at Trish. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the official Trish. 
you can add me on Facebook. Um, you can add me on any of the social medias that you see me on. And I will follow you back. I definitely will. If you have any questions, just hit me up. You got an amazing, at Trish on Twitter. That mm-hmm. means like you've been on it. I've been on it. You got it. You got that name. Mm-hmm. At Trish on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you, Trish, for coming Thank through you. to the Come Up Show and sharing <laughs> your story. I truly appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. You guys, You um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, wish you all the best. Happy New Year. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> you're happy late. Black, happy Black History Month. <laughs> if you're listening to this next year, possibly. Yeah. It's, it's forever, right? It's a podcast. <laughs> Trish on the Come Up Show. Mwah. What did you guys think of my interview with Trish on the Come Up Show podcast? Make sure you follow her. Check out the Joseph EP. If you haven't already, subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Make the world of a difference. Stay tuned, y'all. In the next couple of weeks, we're announcing some exciting projects that the Come Up Show is up with. If you're not following us at the Come Up Show on all platforms, Instagram is popping, Twitter, SoundCloud, and the email newsletter each and every Thursday at 1 p.m., thecomeupshow.com. My name is Chetto, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. I catch y'all next Wednesday. Peace.